Welcome to Prima's 2017 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, John L. Moore will discuss leveraging the school police partnership. Dr. Moore is President and CEO of Response Law LLC and is their Senior Legal Instructor. He is a nationally acclaimed speaker with 17 years attorney experience as an insurance defense litigator. A great deal of that litigation experience involved defending schools and public agencies. He is a recognized expert in school and public agency law and serves as a consultant and negotiator to numerous school districts, police departments, public agencies, and a risk management insurance fund. Dr. Moore is also a much sought after private trainer for schools, first responders, and municipal agencies. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, John. What are the most important aspects of the school police partnership? Well, I think some of the most important aspects of the school police partnership fall into a couple of different categories. One, I think it's important that administrators understand their rights under the law, how far they can go and in enforcing uh, the rules of the school uh, and protecting students and disciplining them and educating them so that not only what the regulations provide but what the law allows them to do and conversely uh, police officers how far they can go what what can they do under the law especially as it applies to schools in terms of investigations in terms of protecting students in terms of doing searches and how they can interact with school administrators, uh, which brings us to another aspect is how can administrators understand what the rights of the officer are and that the officer understands the rights of the administrator. It's not enough to know your own job. It's important to understand each other's job so that you function more efficiently. And I think then if you finish that off with the fact that uh, the key is for both uh, both the administrators and the law enforcement personnel, the SROs, in the school police partnership know that they have the ability to share information uh, without restraint on any student, body of students, or staff when that information concerns the health, safety, and or welfare of the students or the staff. And I think having an understanding uh, of having that freedom to do that in the best interest and for the safety of the students and staff is critical. Can you define the role of the SRO versus the role of the administrator? Sure. The SRO, SRO standing for school resource officer, which means in reality the uh, law enforcement officer who is assigned to a school, that officer operates under criminal law. They're a police officer. They're a sworn active duty full-time law enforcement officer. And although they have many roles in the school, their two primary functions is to deal with danger, whether it's danger affecting the staff or the students or the officer themselves, and to deal with crime. Officers, SROs, operate under criminal law. They operate under criminal code in Virginia, by example, Title 16, Title 18, and that is, that is their law. School administrators, on the other hand, operate under civil law. 
so that their code of conduct, their school district policies, and their regulations, so to speak, including the Education Code in Virginia, Title 22, all fall under civil law. So everything the administrator does, essentially, whether it's uh, discipline or it's uh, maintaining safety order and discipline in the schools, administering curriculum, uh, and dealing with parents, all falls under their civil authority. The school resource officer operates under criminal law, and in addition to crime and danger, the SRO can also um, be a teacher. Uh, their program is an example. And they treat that school as a neighborhood to be patrolled and be protected. That is why when there is a discipline issue, we want administrators to take the lead. And if it is a criminal or danger issue, uh, we would like the school resource officers to take the lead. Uh, and they can work very well together doing that as long as they understand their own limitations. Do school regulations conflict with criminal law in any manner? Essentially, no. School regulations, as I stated earlier, fall under civil law. And school regulations are not law, although they fall under the civil authority of a school administrator. So school regulations, if they're violated by a student, subject the student to what I call civil uh, disciplinary measures. They're entitled to due process. They're entitled to, of course, meet with their parents, and they face sanctions sometimes, such as suspension or expulsion. So those regulations are in and of themselves self-controlled and do not conflict with criminal law. If the student happens to commit a school violation, violates those school regulations, but it is also a crime, then they face separate and distinct possible sanctions under criminal law in criminal court, and that does not interfere with school regulations. So the student may be subject to search, may be subject to arrest, may be subject to conviction in criminal court. That does not conflict with school regulations. It is a separate uh, entity in itself, and school regulations are there primarily for disciplining the student, while the criminal, or criminal law is basically there to impose sanctions in criminal court in a separate form. Here's some words from Prima's member services manager, Danica Williams, regarding Prima membership benefits. Prima is a membership organization dedicated to advancing the knowledge and practice of risk management in the public sector. Prima members come from a diverse range of disciplines, entity types, sizes, and share a variety of titles, including risk manager, human resources professional, workers' compensation coordinator, employee benefits coordinator, claims administrator, safety personnel, risk pool administrator, just to name a few. Despite their titles, there is one resounding theme among these individuals, and that is that they manage risks within their entity and, importantly, risks affecting the public interest. Prima members enjoy a robust array of educational programming, risk management resources, and networking opportunities. Some of Prima's member benefits include access to blogs, podcasts, webinars, Prima's job bank, Prima's online community where members have the ability to connect, share, and solicit information directly from their colleagues, Prima's library of risk management documents, Prima's flagship publication, The Public Risk Magazine, 
and member discounts to all Prima events and training. Becoming a Prima member is one of the most worthwhile career investments a risk management practitioner can make, not just for themselves, but for their entire entity. To learn more about Prima member resources, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Jeff and Taekwon. What is the best policy of protection for students? I think the best policy of protection for students, and there's been so much talk about this since Sandy Hook, is to be aware of their surroundings, to be aware of people present near them. And the focus now across the country has been to educate students to the reality that if you have a concern, not a complaint, but a concern, about one of your fellow students or concern about a staff member is to encourage them and give them the confidence to inform someone, to let them know that you have this concern, whether it be a teacher, it be a counselor, it be an administrator, or it be a school resource officer. This is not about ratting somebody out on a crime, but it's, it's empowering students um, to have the ability to say, you know what, it's time to share this information and it's time to let somebody else know that I have a concern about this individual, being an adult or a fellow student, and I need to share that concern so that my concern is addressed. And I think getting students to share information between themselves and especially from themselves to an adult, is a big critical step now we're now looking at, and they're training across the country to give students the confidence to say, this is not about reporting a crime or turning your friend in or being a rat. This is about sharing information so that your, your fellow student gets help and is provided that assistance before it gets worse. And we've seen that in all of the after-action reports in the school shootings around the country. Is There is a critical ongoing need for students to share information. In many cases, somebody knew or suspected something. And based on false impressions and misunderstanding, that information wasn't shared. And I think it will go a long way in reducing risk in preventing future events. And I think that is the biggest policy of protecting for students is to develop that confidence to share information when you know you have a concern and you need it uh, addressed. How can schools effectively get the message out to parents about school safety? Well, I think there's a lot of forms that schools are taking advantage of and they're enhancing. Um, you know, traditionally we started with newsletters and parents do read newsletters. They may not read the code of conduct all the time, but they read the newsletter. So schools are putting legal notice sections in newsletters to let parents know what's going on in the school, what decisions are being made, the rights of the students and the rights of the school. Uh, not just the students, uh, and steps they need to take to educate and, more importantly, protect students and staff. Some of the other forms now, of course, are websites. They're posting that information, posting events on websites. They're holding parent forms, which I think are extremely valuable, so the parents get to sit face-to-face in a controlled environment and not only receive information, but share their concerns and have their questions answered directly. Webinars, 
very important tool for schools to use that they're now trying to get not only staff to participate in, but parents as well, because so much out there is based on misinformation and misunderstandings. And a webinar or a live forum is a great, quick way, direct way to correct that and to get the right message out. Obviously, also schools have righteously jumped on the social media bandwagon, and they're using such things as Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, to send out a message in a controlled environment so that the right message is sent, the right information is sent as quickly as possible. These are quickly becoming very effective tools for uh, schools when an event occurs not only to get the right message out about what's going on, but to get rid of, to eliminate false information, which causes unnecessary concern, overreaction, and sometimes panic. So social media has become a very vital tool, not in just student education world, but parent information world, and I think those are critical tools. Last but not least, an age-old method is being looked at to come back on board as being a leader of messaging, and that is the simple method of signage. Signage on school campuses, signage on, signage on buses, signage at school-sponsored events that students and parents and visitors are aware that they are entering a school zone and that within that school zone, the right of privacy is reduced, that the school rules apply, and that people are subject to control to a necessary and reasonable degree. And I think putting that signage up helps do that. Virginia especially wants to know that parents, staff, visitors have all been placed on what Virginia courts for years have called legal notice. Did you attempt to warn and inform? So I think all of these forms are very, very good to do, not to mention email blasts, again, in a controlled messaging environment, are also effective. Mass texting is also good in a controlled environment. So schools are taking advantage of the electronic age to get that message out. And I think, I think those are the methods that are most effective. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Dr. Moore and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day.